Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Because can I tell you, it's been 27 days since I preached last. It's, it's bad. It, look, I'm just gonna be honest. I need your help today, okay, church? I need your help. Can you guys prompt? You're gonna help me knock the rust off today. Can you participate and you give me the, even if it's not good, you can shout amen and you can lean to the person next to you and be like, that really wasn't that good. I'm just helping them out. It's been 27 days. Uh, <laughs> But hey, I am, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for today. I'm excited as we start this brand new series called The Sunday Scaries. The Sunday Scaries. Who's ever heard of this term before? Shoot those hands up if you've ever heard of it. The Sunday Scaries. This is a real thing, believe it or not. This isn't a term that I made up. This isn't something that we coined here at Cornerstone. This is a real thing, the Sunday Scaries. It's a cultural phenomenon that we're seeing more and more uh, rise up all over the place. What it is, uh, it's a worry, a fear, an anxiety that starts to set in on Sunday evening. Now, maybe you've never heard of the Sunday series before, but as I'm describing it, you're like, I'm, I haven't heard of it before, but I've experienced it before. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's this feeling that rises up as you get to the end of the weekend. You've had a great, like this weekend, wasn't this a great weekend? Awesome weather again. Like, it's, it's been a great weekend. Maybe you were like out on the lake. Maybe you went to like a fun game. Maybe you went to like a festival or something. You're like, man, this is just a blast. And suddenly it's gonna be later tonight. It's gonna be around six or seven. Dinner's gonna be over. And then you're gonna realize, oh, guess what's tomorrow? Monday. <laughs> Work, like responsibilities and tasks and deadlines and all that stuff is coming back up the very next day. And you start to feel the anxiety well up. You're like, oh man, I'm, I'm not ready for the weekend to end. And the stress starts to build and the worry starts to build. Now that I'm describing it, can you be like, yes, I've experienced this. I know what you're talking about, right? We've, we've all experienced that. We've all experienced that. We, we have that fear, that worry that starts to set in whenever we know that we've got stuff coming up. And that's what I want us to be talking about throughout this series, because here's the thing, uh, even though it's entitled The Sunday Scaries, have you noticed that worry, fear, and anxiety don't politely schedule themselves for just Sunday night in your life? <laughs> or maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just me, but I, I know in my life that fear, worry, anxiety, stress, panic, those don't just check in on Sunday night and then leave. Like, they are an ever-present threat in my life. They are something that I'm constantly dealing with, something that I'm constantly fighting against, and chances are you're a lot like me because you have deadlines, you have stresses, you have things on your calendar that you wish weren't on there. Is, is there anybody else who, like, whenever you have a call coming up that day, like, you just stress over it? Or is that, is that just me, right? You have an appointment coming up and just like, oh, man. We all have these kind of things in our life. We all have these stressors, these things that can cause us to have the Sunday scaries or the Tuesday scaries or the Friday scaries, these things that cause panic, that cause stress, that cause anxiety. Now, is that how we're supposed to live? Absolutely not. Of course not. 
God didn't design us to be consumed with fear or panic or worry. God has created us for so much more. He doesn't want us to live this way. And that's what we're gonna be looking at in this series, how we can uh, take the things that cause fear and panic and stress in our life, take these things and handle them in a godly way. I'm gonna ask you if you would, if you're physically able, let's go ahead and let's stand our feet as we get ready to read God's word today. We're gonna be focusing on one specific portion of scripture from the book of Exodus. Let me give you just a little bit of context and then we'll hop in to today's scripture. So, what we're gonna be reading today is from Exodus chapter 14. This is the account of uh, the, the people of Israel, the Hebrew people, getting ready to cross the Red Sea. Chances are you've heard this story a time or two. They're getting ready to cross the Red Sea. God has just led them out of the nation of Egypt, this nation that has had them imprisoned and enslaved for over 400 years. God is getting ready to deliver them in this moment, but it's not before a scary, terrifying situation comes into play, because you see the Pharaoh, who was in charge of Egypt, he let God's people go, but he had a change of heart. As they come up to the Red Sea, Pharaoh decides, you know what, we just let go of a bunch of free labor, that's not happening, get the horses mounted up, get the chariots, we're going after these people. And that's where we pick up in verse 10 of Exodus 14. This is what it says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell, doesn't this, don't you know these people? Like you're hearing how the Israelites are talking, I feel like I know these people. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, obviously, I appreciate Moses. <laughs> He's one of the greatest figures in our faith. Moses is an incredible man. I appreciate Moses. But what I want to wager today and what we're going to be talking about today is the idea that, yeah, don't be afraid, but sometimes situations should scare you. <laughs> sometimes situations should scare you. That might not be what you expected to hear me say today because typically what we say from a pulpit whenever we're preaching the word and we're talking is, take courage, have no fear, don't be afraid, you know, just God's got it, you got this, you can handle it, don't worry about it. Sure, but, but, sometimes situations should scare you. If you're a note taker today, our title is, You Should Be Scared. You should be scared. With that in mind, can we bow our heads and can we pray together real quick? Father God, we approach your word today with complete and utter humility. We are coming to it with no preconditions, no thoughts or ideas of our own. God, we just want you to speak to us today. So God, in these next moments, help me to get out of the way so that your words would be preached today. God, help all of those in attendance today, whether they're on site or online, uh, help us to be present in this moment to not be stuck in our Sunday scaries, to not be thinking about the things that are coming up this week, the deadlines, the tasks, the worries. God, no, we wanna be right here, right now with you in the midst of your presence, listening to you as you speak to us and as you 
change our hearts and our minds so that we can be more and more like your son, Jesus. We offer all of this up in your powerful, amazing name. And everybody said together, amen, amen. Why don't you high five somebody next to you, grab a seat, and tell your neighbor you should be scared. Tell them you should be scared. Say it kind of diabolically too, like you should be scared, right? You should be scared today. Uh, as, as we're on the topic of scary stories and scary things, my kids this last week, me and Jessica, uh, took them out and we went to the mall and we got uh, some food at the mall and we got some cookies while we were there and stuff. So while we were out, I don't know what got them on this idea. I don't know if it was something they had seen, but they were like, hey, do you know, can you tell us some spooky stories? Can you tell us spooky stories? We're like, I don't know. I don't know. You guys are kind of chickens. I don't know how that'll go, you know, and so just joking with them. Um, but they just kept pushing, like, please, please, like, do you know any little campfire stories or any kind of, like, spooky stories? And so, like, all right. So we, we told them kid-approved, kid-appropriate, spooky stories, and they ate it up. They loved it. As soon as one would end, they'd be like, oh, can you tell us another one? Can you tell us another one? And I'm like, man, I don't know this many. Like, we're trying to, like, make stuff up now. We're like, uh, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll tell you another one. So we're telling these, like, little campfire stories that I remember hearing whenever I was growing up. And, man, they loved it at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> How much do you think they were loving it around 9 o'clock at night? <laughs> they weren't, right? They, they, they promised us. They're like, we won't get scared. We're not scared. We're not babies. Like, what are you talking about? Sure enough, Nine, ten o'clock, they're terrified. Like, they keep coming into our room multiple times at this point. Like, coming in, just like, please, we're scared, we're scared. We're like, guys, we'll, we'll, we will concede everything. Like, we, we, we negotiated terms. We gave them everything. Like, we were like, you know what? The only thing we're not saying is just everyone just come in. We'll just have a Willy Wonka moment in our bed with, like, all of us in this one bed. That was the only thing. We're like, no, we're not doing that. So we were like, look, you guys can both have your rooms open. You guys can have the lights on in your room. It's just one hallway. They're right there at the end of the hall. Like, we can have the hallway light on, and me and Mommy, will leave our bedroom door open, too. Like, all of that. You get all of that. That still wasn't good enough for him. So, drastic times call for drastic measures. <laughs> so what Dad decides to do after, like, they're just not listening to reason. Like, I've tried reasoning with them. They just keep coming in, keep coming in, keep coming in. And we've, we've let them sleep in the bed before. Like, that happens all the time. We've, since we got back from vacation, we're like, we've got to start getting the kids in their own bed. Like, we, we can't let this become a habit. And so we're, like, nervous because we're going, great, we just got back. We're just starting to get this habit, and it's already going to be broken. So we're like, we got to stick to it. And so me and Jessica were like, what do we do? Because they're just not listening. So I'm like, all right. So I tell the kids, I'm like, look, daddy loves you very much. But you know what? Me and mommy are about to watch a movie, and it is a super scary movie. And I'm starting that movie right now. So you better get, and let me tell you, they were like, Aah! they took out of that room. We didn't see them again the rest of the night. They were just gone. We're like, I didn't even know we had kids anymore. They were gone. They just went back to the room. Um, that, is, that right there is a prime example of why you will not hear me preach a parenting series yet because you don't want me to preach a parenting series yet. Like, this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. He scares the tar out of his kids. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they were. They were like, they were just scared. They went down. Um, and like, I get it. I, I get it. I get why they were scared because they were spooky stories. Like, the kids should be scared, right? Like, they're, they're kind of spooky. In a similar way, if you look around at the state of the world, not just, you know, your world, but the world, 
I mean, come on, things are scary, aren't they? <laughs> you, you, you should be scared. Some of the things going on in our world right now are nuts. I mean, we've got a crazy economy that, you know, it, it feels like every quarter, oh, it'll get better this quarter, and then it doesn't, and things keep getting harder and harder, more difficult, more difficult. I mean, we've got these wildfires going on. How crazy is this? I mean, we've got, what was the last estimate I saw? Like in the thousands of wildfires that are happening in Canada right now causing crazy haze all over the place. It's, it's nuts. And I don't know if you've been following along, but aliens are real. Have you guys been seeing the news about all this? Like we, we live in some very wild times. We live in some very scary, scary times right now. And so, yeah, in some ways, it makes sense for us to be scared. And again, I know that typically what we preach from a pulpit is don't be afraid, don't fear anything. Man, there's some scary stuff. It feels very reminiscent to what we just read from Exodus chapter 14. Let me read verse 10 one more time. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians. Rightfully so. <laughs> you have the world's greatest military force at this point, the, the Egyptian nation with their 600 chariots, their horses, their expert soldiers flying in to capture you. That's terrifying. You should be scared. You, you should be petrified in that moment. You should be terrified in that moment. And again, I know it sounds good, it sounds like it, it, it preaches well to just say, don't be afraid, but what I, worry, what I worry happens whenever I say this or other pastors say, hey, don't be afraid, just take courage, don't be afraid. How we can take that, what, what we can construe that to mean is don't be afraid means, hey, don't accept reality. <laughs> don't accept reality, just reject the reality that you're facing, act like it's not really there, and let me tell you, that's no way to live. That's no way to face the, the, the seriously scary, deadly things that you may be facing in your life, whether it's a health crisis, whether it's something at work, whether it's something with your kids, whether it's something uh, in a relationship. Acting like it's not there helps nothing. So yeah, don't be afraid doesn't mean don't accept reality. <laughs> I preached a sermon uh, years ago during our How to Survive a Horror Movie series uh, called It's Never Just the Wind. How in horror movies, right, you've got these people who something's happening outside and they're, oh, it's just the wind. It's never just the wind. It's always a killer. It's always a ghost. It's always a monster. And what I want to tell you in your life, whenever you've got these little things cropping up, these issues, and you're trying to just, I don't know, like medicate yourself with your religion to just say, oh, nope, not going to be afraid at all. I'm not going to be afraid at all. That's not even happening. You're helping nothing by acting like the Egyptians aren't flying in on your tail. You're helping nothing by acting like there isn't an issue where there is an issue. You should be scared. You should be scared. I should be scared. Uh, and and I, I just think to myself, like, man, people must hate it whenever they hear pastors say things like that. Just don't be afraid. Like, yeah, easy for you to say. You come, come check out my phone. Look at all the debt collector calls I got. <laughs> for sure, don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid, take fear, don't, don't take any fear, just take courage. You don't have to deal with my kids. <laughs> my son, I don't know what I'm gonna do with him. Like, he, he's a different person now. If, I don't know where he's headed. I don't, I don't even think he's following Jesus anymore. It's easy for you to say, don't be afraid. I'm terrified right now. In situations like that, I would tell you, that's good that you're terrified. You, you should be. 
ignoring it, acting like there isn't an issue, an issue acting like uh, things aren't scary or terrifying helps nothing. Reality can be scary, amen? Like, reality can be terrifying, it can be scary. And like the Hebrews, we ignore it to our own peril. There's a story uh, of a guy during, I believe it was the Vietnam War, uh, Admiral Jim Stockdale. Uh, he was someone who uh, was taken as a POW. He was in the Hanoi Hilton for years. This guy was in there for a long, long time. He's one of the people that survived it, who made, made it out. And so many people didn't. So many people died uh, uh, while they were POWs. And he said later on in his life, as he would give interviews, he said one of the biggest reasons that he believed he made it and the other people who made it out, why they made it, is because they weren't living in some fantasy world about their current reality. He said people in there would say things like, you know what, we'll be out by Christmas. I bet you we'll be out by Christmas. And then Christmas would come and go and they'd still be locked up. Okay, you know what, Easter, we'll be out by Easter. And then Easter would come and Easter would go and they'd still be locked up. He said the people in there who survived were the people who understood we won't be out by Christmas, we won't be out by Easter, we have no idea when we're getting out. This is our life, you better accept it right now or you are going to die from a broken heart and that's exactly what would happen. People would just die of hopelessness because they refuse to accept, like it or not, this terrifying situation I'm in, it is my reality right now. I can either reject it to my own peril or I can look at it straight in the face and deal with it. That's what the Hebrews had to do here. <laughs> they had to understand, you know what, we, we've got uh, this advancing army on our tail coming for our heads. We would ignore them to our own peril. You should be scared. Now here's why, here's why I tell you that. I don't want you to be scared so you're leaving here just feeling fearful and terrified about your situations, that, that's not it. Here's why it's a good thing for us to embrace whenever a situation is scary or it's terrifying because scary situations stir up our dependence on God. They stir up our dependence on God. If you've ever had a drink where, uh, you know, like you've got a coffee and a cream and the cream kind of just sinks to the bottom and needs stirred up a little bit so it gets incorporated with the rest of the drink, right? That can happen a lot in our lives, our dependence on God. We can just, can't we just autopilot through our lives so often? Like, we got this. God, thank you, but I got it. You can just kind of sit over to the side for a little bit, let me handle things, and our dependence on God can just kind of sink right to the bottom of the cup. But every now and then, a scary situation, something with our health, something at work, something in a relationship, stirs that thing back up. It's like putting an immersion blender in there and it gets that dependence on God suddenly pops back up, suddenly gets reincorporated into our life and we realize, whoa, I can't do this on my own. Whoa, I am so utterly dependent and reliant on God and on him helping me out. Scary situations can stir up my dependence on God. A few years ago, this is, well, actually, this is more than a few years ago. This is before I was married. Uh, uh, me and Jessica went to one of my friend's house. He lived down in Louisville. Went to his house to watch a UFC fight. If you've ever watched a UFC fight at an MMA event, those things start like really late. The first fight is at like 10 o'clock and your main title card is around like midnight or something. So this thing's not even over until about one o'clock. 
So it's one o'clock, it's over. Me and Jessica, we're dating at this point. Like we're, we're not married yet. So I, we, we drive home, I take her and I drop her off at her house. After I drop her off at her house, I go back to my house uh, and as I pull in, I, I put the car in park and I'm getting ready to turn off the keys and I suddenly have a like, I just remember something and I'm like, no, 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 no. Because you see, at this time, I worked at our church. This is whenever we were located at 578 Killian Road. And we would have, on Saturdays, we had a lot of weddings. Like, we would have a lot of weddings. Um, and so I, I just remembered, whenever we would have weddings, all the stuff that you see up here, like the, the drum cage and the guitar and all this different stuff, it was all this. Plus, like, nowadays, like, our singers, they have monitors in their ears. We didn't used to have those. We had like those big wedges that were on the front of the stage. And so we had all this different stuff on the stage and all of it had to be torn down for the wedding, all of it. So everything's unplugged. We had electric drums. They had to be unplugged, everything like that. And guess whose job it was to do all that? Right here. <laughs> so it's Saturday night. By the time I pulled in my driveway, it's like two o'clock something in the morning. And I realize I forgot to go back over and set that up and the worship team is gonna be at church by like six o'clock in the morning to practice. And I, I am not tempting fate by being like, well, I'll set an alarm and I'll get up early enough to go in and do it. So I realized I gotta go over to the church. I gotta set this up now. I'm like, oh man. So I back out, I go over to the church. It's like 2.30 in the morning and I'm starting to set everything up, right? So it's just me in the church and all the lights are out. It's just me in the auditorium and I'm setting things up. And if you remember our old building, we had uh, our tech booth was up top and it was located kind of like a crow's nest. Like it was in the same room as our auditorium. You could like kind of see into it, but there, just like this, there was a bar of lights right by it. Whenever those lights were on, you couldn't see into the, you couldn't see into the crow's nest. So I'm setting the stage up. I don't have those lights on. I've just got the basic auditorium lights. I'm putting everything in. Suddenly, mind you, it's, it's three o'clock something in the morning at this point. Bring something in, set it on the stage. As I do, whoo, the bar lights turn on. I'm like, the only way you can turn those lights on is up in the sound booth. I tell you, I about tore my neck turning around. I looked up and I'm like, hello? Someone up there? Nothing. No voices, no anything. I'm like, well, that's weird. <laughs> like, that's not normal. And so I'm kind of thinking like, huh. And so I start to back up. I kid you not, as I'm backing up to go back behind stage to grab more stuff, the lights start flickering. I'm like, I'm only halfway done at this point. So you know what I do? <laughs> I kid you not. I go backstage, I start grabbing more. I, my eyes don't leave the booth. The whole time I'm setting things up, I'm putting them down, hoping I'm plugging the right stuff in, right? I, I didn't break eye contact. And the entire time I'm doing it, I'm just to myself going, how great is our God? Sing with me, how great. Lord, I lift your name on. Like, I'm singing worship songs. I'm praying. I'm having revival because I'm terrified, right? I'll tell you the end of the story so you don't think that that place was possessed or something like that. I, the next day, I talked to our uh, worship leader, and I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know, if you came in today and lights were on, I, I didn't leave anything on by, act, by like, on purpose, they just came on by themselves. They were flickering. I was spooked out of my mind. He goes, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, our lighting board, it's getting faulty and occasionally it'll just turn on like that. I should have told you. And I'm like, you should have. You really should have. You really should have told me that. Uh, <laughs> but I think about that story every time I think about how fear stirs up our dependence in God. 
Because man, as soon as I was petrified, I'm singing worship songs. I'm, I'm like pleading the blood of Jesus over those lights. And chances are you're doing the same thing in your own life, right? Whenever you're scared, whenever you're fearful, whenever these terrifying situations come up, whenever the Egyptians are on your back, it stirs up your dependence in God. Can I tell you the Sunday scaries, fear, anxiety, worry, stress, there may not be a more fantastic thing for your faith than those things. Can, can we be bold for a second? And I, I want you to participate. This is like a middle school dance. It goes a lot better if you just participate. I want you to actively raise your hand if, if that's how you found faith in the midst of a, 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 a fit of uh, anxiety, stress, worry, worry for yourself, worry for your kids, a, a, a worry about breaking an addiction, a worry about uh, a health issue. Anybody find faith in the middle of fear, of stress, of worry? Absolutely. Anybody online? It's so, honestly, I would say this. If you were not born and raised into a Christian household, that's how you found faith. It's that good for your faith. You should be scared. We shouldn't be trying to, with all of our might, avoid any terrifying situation forever in our life because scary situations stir up our dependence in God. Fear can be fantastic for our faith if, and this is a big if, if we handle it properly. If we handle our fear properly, if we handle our Sunday scaries properly. What does that look like to handle it properly? Well, let us continue reading in Exodus. So uh, what do we just see? We see the Israelites, they're at the shore of the Red Sea. The Egyptians come and they're, they're just right on their tail. They're mad. They're yelling out at Moses saying, what have you done? You've just let us out to be killed. Like, what were you thinking? This is a terrible idea. And Moses says this. Let's read verse 13 one more time. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stand still, just stay calm. Unless you're reading along in your Bible or you know this story before, you are gonna be blown away by what God says next. Listen to this. Verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. <laughs> this is kind of, a, this would have been a good example for our last series, right? The verse after the verse, right? Exodus 14, 14, don't move a muscle, don't, don't do anything, just stay calm, just stand still, God's gonna fight for me, I don't gotta do nothing, I can just ignore reality, I can just ignore the Egyptians behind me, I can ignore what's going on because God's gonna fight for me and God says, Move! <laughs> Why are you calling out to me? Why are you crying out to me? Move! Take action! Do what you know you need to do in this situation. Do, you, do what you know I've commanded you to do in this situation. God tells them to move. That's what it looks like for us to take the Sunday scaries, the fear, the anxiety, the worry, the stress that we have and handle it properly. We handle it properly by working through it. By taking the thing that we're afraid of, taking the fear that is uh, just, it's, it's scaring us, it's terrifying us, taking that thing and actually working through our worry, working through our fear, working through our stress, move, <laughs> get moving. Do what you know God's called you to do. Do what you know God's commands and what his ethics and what his morals tell you to do. Do those things. 
Don't, what are we doing calling out to him? This is what I want to tell you. If worry doesn't push you into work, it's a waste. There is no other word for it. I think it was Joyce Meyer who originally coined it, and I've heard tons of people rip her off since then. But Joyce Meyer says this about worry. Worry is down payment on a check you may never have to cash. And so if you are worrying, you're stressed out about a relationship, about your job, about your health, but you're like, oh yeah, I, I worry about that lump, but I'm not going to a doctor. Mm-mm, no, 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 no. Then what are you doing? <laughs> and worry's just a waste. If it is not propelling you and pushing you into working through it, to figuring it out, if you're worried about your relationship, well, man, I don't know, we don't talk to each other the way we used to anymore. And I don't know. If you are not prepared to work through that, your worry is nothing more than a waste a waste of your time, a waste of your heart, a waste of your passion, a waste of your health. It's a waste. If we don't handle it properly, these moments that God can, man, he can do so much in our lives. He can do so much in us and through us in these scary moments, but if we don't handle it properly, it's nothing more than a waste. And what we see here in Exodus is that we see both Moses, the leader of the Hebrew people, and the Hebrew people themselves, they're both paralyzed in this moment. We see the Hebrew people, they're paralyzed with, with worry. They're, they're not moving. They're paralyzed with anxiety because they're like, we're gonna get killed. Like these people, they're not gonna take us back as slaves this time. They're, they're infuriated because we humiliated them. We took stuff on the way out. Like they're just gonna eradicate our people. And so they don't know what to do. They just, they, they start yelling out at Moses and saying, what have you done? You're an idiot. You let us out here to die. They're, they're paralyzed at this moment. They don't know what to do. And they're paralyzed with anxiety. Moses, he, he appears to just be paralyzed with inactivity. He's like, well, we don't gotta, I, I did what I was supposed to do. <laughs> I took the, you said take him to the Red Sea? I took him to the Red Sea. Now it's on you. Like, I, like he, he just has inactivity here. He's not taking the next step. He's not working through the fear that he must have had as well. If worry doesn't push us, if it doesn't propel us to work, it is nothing more than a waste. As you guys know, I just got back from vacation not too long ago, and before we left on vacation, uh, Jessica had arranged for her cousin, Nicole, and her husband, Andrew, to come and stay at our house, because we got little dog, Teddy, uh, and that way he can stay home, and they can be there with him, and so it's it's a great arrangement. So they were coming to stay at our house, and they did this last year, too. They came and watched Teddy for us last year. And I can remember there were certain projects that I had on my like to-do list before last vacation, just around the house, like a, a new like toilet paper holder and you know, hang this up and do this. And I realized that like we're a full calendar year out from last vacation and those projects still weren't done. <laughs> Jessica is somewhere like, yeah, they weren't done. Yes, you're absolutely right. They were not done. <laughs> but those projects still weren't done. Let me tell you the productivity that I had whenever I realized it has been 365 days and I still have not got these things done. Man, I was like Chip Gaines running around that house doing stuff. I'm like, woo, like I feel like I got a fixer upper TV show. I'm like installing this and hanging that and cleaning this, like getting my stuff done. Jessica helped out, she did stuff. I'm like, we are killing it. And you wanna know what propelled all of that work? <laughs> Fear <laughs> of Andrew and Nicole coming over and being like, hmm. See, that project hasn't gotten done. I remember that from last year. Remember that from last year? Like, the fear of of like, no, I gotta get this taken care of. I gotta do this now. Man, fear can be a wonderful motivator. (laughs) Being scared, being in these terrifying moments, it can propel us. Worry can propel us to work. And in fact, if it doesn't, man, it's nothing more than a waste. 
a waste of our time, a waste of our passion, a waste of our hearts, a waste of our health. If worry doesn't propel work, it is nothing more than a waste. So I, I want you to hear this too, but in the last little bit that we got. I don't want you to hear me talking today and think that what I'm saying means that like, you know what, so praying doesn't really matter as much. Just act, just do things. Don't worry about prayer. That's what God was telling Moses here. Don't call out to me. Don't, don't pray to me, just act. I'm not telling you that, that, that prayer isn't good. Yes, pray, but this is what I don't want to have happen because this is what we can do in, in, in our Christian culture, right? We can use prayer as an excuse for paralysis, can't we? Come on, come, like, come on. You know Mm, I'll pray about it. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, no, that's a great opportunity. Let me pray about it for a little bit. I just need to like fast and pray for like 12 weeks before I decide if I'm gonna do that or join this group or start giving to the church or any of these things. Like, let me just, let me just pray about it. Man, don't use prayer as an excuse for paralysis. Can I challenge you to pray on the way? Just pray on the way. Just pray on the way. I, I would have loved if we would have read that in scripture and that's what Moses and the Israelites would have done. Moses, what do we do? They're coming after us. I don't know, but let's just start moving. Let's just start. We know the promised land is there, so that's where we're walking and we're trusting God to get us there. We will pray on the way. <laughs> we, will, we will continue. We know where God is calling us to, so we're gonna continue walking there, trusting that God is gonna step up and he's gonna show up every single step of the way. Don't use prayer as an excuse for paralysis, pray on the way. I love that. God's saying, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Tell the people to activate. Tell the people to continue walking forward, to pray on the way. That's one of the things that I have loved about our church when it comes to our building project. We've prayed on the way. Like this entire thing, we've, we've been praying on the way. We're, we're not sitting back and waiting for every perfect condition and everything to be just right and just so, because guess what, that day is never coming. We're saying, no, we know what God has called us to. We know the vision of, of what we see our church becoming, of the influence of, uh, this, of this church having, not just in our community, but beyond our community. We know what God has called us to, and so come hell or high water, we're advancing towards it. We are not stopping until we hear God say, whoa, slow down. <laughs> We're gonna continue to take another step and another step and another step and more ground and more ground and more ground. We're gonna keep moving. We're gonna pray on the way. And we're gonna trust that God shows up for us in the midst of that. Is it scary? Absolutely it's scary. We're doing a building campaign in the middle of inflation, in the middle of economic downturn, in the middle of a, a pandemic we started it. We're, we are doing things in a very scary way. <laughs> but in the midst of that fear, it has propelled us to work. It's propelled us. It's stirred up our dependence in God in a way that we haven't seen before. It's done all of these things. And in the midst of this terrifying, scary situation, God is showing up for us. God is showing up for us. He's showing himself to be faithful over and over again in the midst of the pressure that we're facing. Does anyone remember what our word for the year is in 2023? Pre kudos to all of you. Yes, pressure is our word for the year. In fact, today's sermon is kind of like a, um, it's like a sister sermon to one that I preached at the very start of the year uh, that kind of uh, led us out into where we're going in 2023. The sermon was called, I'm Better Under Pressure. 
If you remember that one, uh, uh, today is a sister sermon to that one because today what I want you to walk out of here thinking of, what I want you to, to claim to be true for yourself is this. I'm not just better under pressure. I'm better when I'm scared. I'm better when I'm scared. When terrifying situations set in, whenever fear sets in, when stress sets in, I'm better when I'm scared. Can you just say that with me? I'm better when I'm scared. Did you know that actually physically, physically you're better when you're scared? Your body, your, uh, your amygdala, your hippocampus, your prefrontal cortex, all of them start to elevate and function at levels that they normally do not function when fear is not present. Did you know that? that that's why you see these stories of people uh, doing incredible things, what seemed like borderline superhuman things in the midst of terrifying situations because they're better when they're scared. <laughs> their, their, their hippocampus, the prefrontal cortex, their amygdala all start working at higher levels than they ever have before. Let me tell you, when those lights clicked on back at the old church, I felt like a superhuman. I felt like I don't care if the Incredible Hulk came down out of that crow's nest, I could have taken him because my body was just that wired in the midst of that fear and in the midst of that stress and in the midst of that worry. That's how it works. We're better when we're scared. You wanna know something that's very interesting? LeBron James is probably the most clutch player in the history of the NBA. And I know you might be thinking, no, 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 Michael Jordan's definitely Michael Jordan. Whenever you look at the statistics, it's unbelievable. Think, think about this, this is nuts. They've been tracking this stat for the last like 35 years. Players who have made a game winning or a game tying shot in the last one second of a playoff game. So not just a regular game, a playoff game. Guess how many of those LeBron has? A game tying or a game winning shot in the last second of a playoff game. LeBron James has seven of those in his career. Next closest player, two, <laughs> two. In fact, you look even more at some of the numbers, it's, it's astonishing. LeBron, um, in, it, throughout his career, his field goal percentage, the, the, the percent of shots that he makes in the final minute of a game when his team is either trailing or taking the lead, his field goal percentage is number two all time, all time. Michael Jordan's is uh, 15th, Kobe Bryant is sixth. It's astonishing. And whenever you watch him take some of these shots, if, if you're a sports fan, you were a Cavs fan whenever he played here and maybe you still follow him now, uh, now that he's out in LA, you can think of those moments. You think of those different shots and you, you think to yourself, ooh, man, that's cold-blooded. Just, he just doesn't feel the fear. He just, he, you know, he, he wasn't even thinking about it. That was like shooting any other shot to him. No, it wasn't. From his own mouth, it wasn't. He did an interview a few years ago with Chris Broussard from ESPN Magazine, and he was talking about uh, uh, what makes him so great. And he said, in all honesty, the thing that drives me, the thing that makes me great is fear. Fear of failure. I don't wanna fail. I don't wanna let my team down. I don't wanna let myself down from all the work that I put in. And so you better believe when I take those shots I'm not some superhuman out here who doesn't feel the pressure, who doesn't feel the moment. I feel every bit of that pressure. I feel every bit of that fear and I wouldn't change it for anything because that fear is not just what drives me, it's what, it's what makes me adapt, it's what makes me change. 
LeBron went on to talk about how his game has evolved over the years as he's gotten older and he's not the, the, the dominant physical presence he used to be where he could just impose his will physically. So now, guess what? Fear of not being as good as he used to be because he, he doesn't have the same jump that he used to have, doesn't have the same strength he used to have. Guess what he did? Out of the fear of not being good anymore, he changed up his game. He has a much better jump shot and a much better outside shot than he ever did have earlier in his career. Why he developed it? Fear. Fear has driven him to become one of, if not the greatest basketball player ever. It's the complete opposite of what we would typically think. We typically would think, nope, you gotta get rid of fear. You gotta not have any fear. You're not gonna worry about anything. Don't stress out about anything. No, 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 no. Fear can be good. Fear can help us whenever we embrace it and handle it properly. The fear that the Hebrew people had, that was a legit fear. And handled properly by trusting in God, they were able to escape the Egyptians. They were able to cross the Red Sea. And I want to tell you, the same is true with you and me. The fear that we experience in life, if we handle it correctly, the Sunday scaries that we have, the worries over our money, over our work, over school, over our future, over our health, all of these things, I am telling you, whatever you're facing, if you handle it correctly, if you work through it with God being your help, you can come out of it on the other side saying, you know what, I was better when I was scared. It made me a better prayer. It made me more dependent on God. It made me more humble. I am better when I'm scared, and not only that, that last thing I want us to hit on, I'm not just better when I'm scared, I can walk into these situations knowing this, I'm prepared for when I'm scared. I'm prepared for when I'm scared. I wanna tell you, this is so interesting, the fear that the people of Israel felt at the Red Sea, this overwhelming fear that we've got a sea in front of us, we're gonna drown, we've got the Egyptians behind us, we're hemmed in by mountains in the wilderness on either side. This fear that they felt, the, 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 the terrifying moments that they found themselves in was a prepared moment for them. This was a prepared moment. I wanna to read to you, that. we're not gonna have these words on the screen, I just wanna read this to you. This is from the chapter before where we've been reading today. We've been in Exodus 14. Listen to what happens in Exodus 13 when God first delivers his people from the land of Egypt. This is what it says in Exodus 13, starting in verse 17. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God led his people out of Egypt and there's a direct route right here. Egypt, promised land, boom. But it goes through Philistine territory. It goes through enemy territory. So listen to this. So God said, if the people are faced with a battle right now, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness to the Red Sea. That thing that you're terrified of, that you're facing right now, that health scare, that work scare, that relationship scare, that money scare, whatever you're facing right now, can I tell you, that is a prepared fight for you. God has been, he, he's leading you. He's taking you along the way. You may be terrified of it. It may have taken you off guard. It didn't take him off guard. You may be shuddering in your boots. He's not scared. In fact, not only is he not scared, this is a fight that has been prepared for you. God said, God said this about the, the Hebrew people. 
I, 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 they're not gonna be ready for this fight. With the Philistines, where they're at right now, they're, they're not ready for this. And I love them so much, I'm gonna lead them in what seems like a crazy roundabout way through the wilderness, and I'm gonna take them to a fight that they are ready for. I'm gonna bring them somewhere where they are ready and, and they can listen to me and they can hear me and they can trust me in this moment. God is doing the same thing with you. You have no idea how many fights you have not had to fight yet because God is loving and he is watching you and he's saying, they're not ready for this yet. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lead them this way and they, they may be frustrated, they may be confused, they may even cry out to me saying, God, why have you done this to me? They don't understand. I'm taking them in a way that I know, I know they can win. <laughs> I know they can trust me here. I know they're ready for this now. So you might be in the thick of it. You might be in a situation where things are hurting right now and it's difficult and it's scary, but I wanna let you know the fear you're facing is the fight you're ready for. You may not know it, but you're ready for it. You're prepared for it. And even if it's scary, even if it hurts, you can look at it and say, you know what? I'm better when I'm scared. <laughs> I wanna pray with you real quick. Can we bow our heads? and pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for everything in life. We thank you for not just the sunshine, we thank you for the rain. We thank you not just for the peaks, we thank you for the valleys, and God, we thank you not just for the fun, joyful times. We thank you and we praise you even for the scary times, even for the unsettling times, even for the things that cause worry and stress and anxiety to enter our life because God, we know in those moments we should be scared and not only that, we can be better when we're scared. Because in those moments, much like we see from the Hebrew people when they face the Red Sea and the Egyptians at their back, in those moments, God, we know we can put our faith and our trust and our hope and our confidence in you and it will never be shaken. Even when it's scary, even when it hurts, even when it seems like there is no hope, God, we can trust in you in the midst of it. Help our scary situations to do nothing but stir up more dependence in you, more, more work on our half to live out your will for our life. Help us to do that today and every day, God, and we will give you the glory and the praise. We love you, and we lift all this up in your name. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.